Well, good morning uh, once again. Normally, uh, Patrick would be the one uh, standing up here, but uh, this morning he was asked to preach at uh, a church in the Annapolis area called Grace EP. Uh, it's a church that supports us here at City Church, and uh, they have like a missionary type of conference um, uh, this morning. So he was asked to preach there, and he in turn asked me if I would fill in and bring God's word uh, to you this morning. And I said that I gladly would. Uh, so the text this morning uh, is from the book of Hebrews, which is in the New Testament. And uh, Hebrews uh, is, is, is quite a book. And uh, Hebrews is unique uh, partly because uh, the human author uh, that wrote the book under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is a mystery. Uh, different people have been uh, proposed as to who might have wrote the book. Uh, the Apostle Paul has been suggested, Apollos, uh, Priscilla, uh, other people as well. Um, but ultimately, we don't really know uh, who wrote Hebrews. Uh, but whoever it was, uh, he, he was highly skilled in the, in the Greek language. Uh, he writes in a very uh, eloquent and, and literary style. And he writes very boldly uh, about uh, a number of different uh, subjects, uh, a few of which are that Jesus is the eternal Son of God. Uh, he writes about the priesthood of Jesus. And he writes about uh, the new covenants and and uh, really kind of contrasting and comparing that with uh, the old uh, covenant. So the passage uh, from Hebrews this morning is from chapter 12, uh, verses 1 and 2. This is God's word. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's pray. Father God, uh, we thank you for your word, and and we ask now that uh, your Holy Spirit would uh, open up our eyes and, and our ears so that we can hear your word that we can rightly understand and interpret it and apply it. Uh, We thank you for its truth, uh, its power, uh, its beauty. Um, Pray that you would speak through me uh, to speak truthfully and that we would uh, see Jesus uh, as a result. In your name we pray, amen. So I enjoy running uh, every now and then, um, especially this time of year as it starts to get uh, warmer, more consistently I get the itch to to go out and, and go for a jog, and uh, every so often I get up the urge to sign up for a race. And a certain number of weeks before uh, the race is scheduled, uh, you know, I start to do the, the training that, that is needed so that hopefully, uh, you know, you can run the race um, well. So every October, uh, downtown, there's the Baltimore Running Festival. Uh, some of you, I think, have participated uh, in it. Uh, it's a fantastic event. There's thousands and thousands of, of runners, all different ages, all different skill levels, uh, all different reasons uh, for running. Uh, just a really awesome atmosphere uh, and great you know, for the city of Baltimore. Uh, so the last time that I ran in the festival was a few years ago, and I signed up for the, the half marathon uh, portion uh, of the festival. And you know, race day came, did the, the, the weeks of, of the training, and he was feeling pretty good, was feeling excited. And, but it was only a few miles into the race that 
I started to, to, to feel some pains in my ankles and in my legs. And, and I remember kind of thinking to myself, like, this, this probably isn't going to be good. I just had that feeling that uh, it was going to persist throughout. And not really sure kind of why it happened. One of the reasons may have been was uh, I changed up my running shoe some months before uh, to a different design, and it was somewhat of a, a drastic change, and I may have not given myself enough time to, to adapt to the new shoe. Uh, maybe my diet the, the week up leading up to the race wasn't what it uh, you know, needed to be. Who knows? Uh, you don't always know. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, the remainder of the race, uh, you know, the, the pains were, uh, were persisting. And so I, I pushed through and, and, and ended up uh, you know, finishing the race anyway. So in the passage this morning from Hebrews, the author mentions uh, a different kind of race and the things that are required uh, to run it. And the very first word in the first verse uh, is therefore. So anytime we see that word therefore, uh, it's, it's, it's a key word as we seek to, to study scripture and to understand it. It, it basically is a, a kind of a connector where you know, it tells us, uh, you know, pay attention to what came before it. it it's, it's kind of a, a bridge um, you know, between one passage or, and another or one verse and another. So Hebrews 11 obviously comes before uh, chapter 12, and, and in that chapter, uh, people sometimes refer to it as the, the hall of faith uh, or the heroes of faith. And the author details uh, quite a list of Old Testament men and, and women and their spiritual journeys, respectively. Uh, the list includes Abel, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, uh, the prostitute who in the book of Joshua, out of uh, fear of the Lord for, from the things that she had heard, she hid the spies of, of Joshua. Uh, and then also David. So, uh, you know, quite, quite the list uh, of Old Testament heroes. And so the author refers to them as, as witnesses or a cloud of, of witnesses. So we hear the word witness, and, and it, it could allude to, uh, you know, being a spectator, like at a sporting event. Uh, you know, we go to a a baseball game or a football game or what have you, and you know, we're a spectator, we witness the event. But really the deeper meaning uh, for witness is one who, who bears witness to something. So these Old Testament individuals have borne witness to the essence of living a godly life with their endurance and their loyalty, and they even did so um, before Christ came to earth, you know, before the New Testament period. Verse 4 in Hebrews 11 says this about Abel, who was the first person that's mentioned uh, on the list, that he still speaks even though he is dead. So in recounting the amazing lives and experiences of these Old Testament people, the author writes two words before each name he mentions on the list, and those two words are by faith. Last week, Patrick preached about saving faith and, and, and you know, the, the things that, that make up uh, saving faith and what that means. And he referenced uh, verses 1 through 3 in Hebrews 11, which says this about faith. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So faith, in part, enables us to perceive the unseen reality that God promises uh, in the midst of a world where uh, you know, materialism and, and evil really seem to be all around us. 
Uh, faith gives uh, flesh and bones, so to speak, to these unseen things, and even causes us to believe that the spiritual realities of God's kingdom uh, are more real, uh, in a sense, than the physical world. So these Old Testament heroes and, and heroines of the faith in Hebrews 11, they're commended for having uh, looked beyond their present situation. Uh, and sometimes their situation included violence or suffering or even impending death, sometimes all three. But nonetheless, they believed in the promises that God had given, uh, even though they died having not received them uh, in this life, as the author mentions. So elsewhere in Hebrews, uh, the author talks about future blessings of an eternal city and a true spiritual rest. So these were some of the promises that God had made to these Old Testament men and women that these, um, these men and women held fast to. So we have examples of these extraordinary lives. Uh, you know, I encourage you uh, to read through uh, Hebrews 11. Um, we don't have time to, to do it here this morning, but it really is an incredible chapter. Uh, so the question becomes, how do we effectively run this race that's mentioned here in Hebrews 12? Well, we are told that we must free ourselves of any distractions and, and excess weight which would slow us down. So think about a runner, right? And when a person goes out to run, whether it just be a leisurely jog or, or a race, you know, he or she is intentional about uh, you know, what he or she wears. Um, it's always you know, lighter, comfortable, athletic wear. Uh, gentlemen, imagine if you're going out to run and you, know, you put on a full tuxedo, you know, to, to run, right? Throw in the cummerbund, too, just for good measure. Um, you know, ladies, imagine wearing a full evening gown and going out to, to run, right? The, the thought of it is pretty silly, and it's not something that, that, that we would even think about doing um, when we run. So in that same way, spiritually speaking, um, we must shed ourselves of, of these distractions and, and weight which would encumber us. So that may even, even include uh, good things, you know, maybe, maybe things that in and of themselves are good, but maybe things that God you know, calls us to, uh, to sacrifice. We can also include uh, you know, fear that would cripple us in the midst of difficulty or discouraging attitudes that, that negatively you know, affect each other, you know, uh, a bitterness that, that sows discord um, rather than unity, or even sensuality that looks to be immediately gratified, right? I mean, that's one of the, the things in our culture that we just run into all the time and, and even struggle with ourselves is just that, that instant gratification that, that we seek uh, you know, through, through different things. Listen to the words of Jesus uh, from Luke 21, 34. Uh, he says, But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life. Uh, dissipation is essentially being interested only in, in pleasure and, and money and, and things of that nature. So the author also writes of laying aside sin. And though he does not mention a specific sin, and we can glean from other passages in Scripture um, things like coveting, right? You know, coveting is uh, the Tenth Commandment forbids coveting and and, you know, we can see that coveting is, is a chief, chief sin among the sins that we commit and is absolutely a hindrance in, in running this spiritual race. 
you know, we only have to, to look to the Garden of Eden and, and Adam and Eve and how coveting uh, was, was essentially at the heart of, of that first sin of, of their rebellion uh, against God. And to be sure, you know, these things take discipline, right? Um, they usually don't happen overnight. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a process, uh, the, the spiritual life, that work of sanctification that, that God does for the believer. Uh, it takes place over time, and they certainly uh, require uh, discipline. Well, part of the reason that the author of Hebrews uh, wrote to these early Christians was to encourage them uh, in the midst of, of suffering that they were facing, uh, being persecuted for being associated with Christ. Uh, at times, it was public abuse. Uh, at, at other times, they even had their property plundered. So they were going through some things, uh, but the author nonetheless exhorts them uh, to look to Jesus, as we see in the passage. And he describes Jesus as the founder and perfecter of faith, or the founder and perfecter of, of our faith. So right off the bat, these words communicate something to us, and, and they, they, they tell us that Jesus is the object of faith, that Jesus is responsible for the beginning of faith, for the end of our faith, and, and for everything in between. Uh, you know, when I was younger, uh, when it came to, uh, to homework and, and school projects, you know, I was kind of a, you know, a model person for procrastinating and, and for really looking to do the minimum amount of work at times. Um, you know, I still kind of struggle with it today, but I like to think that I've improved in, in that area. Uh, but I remember with one specific project, I'd waited to the last minute, and, and I was just really looking just to do, again, the, the, the minimum amount of work. And I remember my dad, you know, talking to me about it, and, and he was quite disappointed. And I just remember him saying, you know, like, son, your, your, your middle name really should be get by, because that's what you're... Uh, looking to do right now. Um, but it is, it is not this way with God, right? Uh, God never cuts corners. Uh, God always uh, takes what he sets out to do to, to the end, you know, to complete it and to perfect it. Uh, he never abandons uh, his purposes and his designs. So as the Hebrews author alluded to all these Old Testament witnesses and their encouragement that they offered from their lives, he now proclaims Jesus Christ as the true and ultimate witness. And one of the motifs that is found throughout the book of Hebrews is the proclamation that Christ is the better way, that he is the new and better covenant, which replaces and fulfills the old covenant that goes throughout the Old Testament. And it was through his obedient life that he lived for us, his sacrificial death, that he died for your sin and for my sin, that Christ took faith to, to perfection, to completion. He endured the shame of the cross. He experienced a form of death that was reserved for those that were seen as less than human. Uh, crucifixion was, was, was seen as so degrading that Roman citizens were actually uh, exempt you know, from being uh, put to death in that way. Uh, the theologian F.F. F. Bruce puts it this way, quote, the whole life of Jesus was characterized by unbroken and unquestioning faith in his heavenly father, and never more so than when in Gethsemane he committed himself to his father's hands for the ordeal of the cross with the words, not what I will, 
but what thou wilt. It was sheer faith in God, unsupported by any visible or tangible evidence that carried him through the taunting, the scourging, the crucifying, and the more bitter agony of rejection, desertion, and dereliction. Unquote. Furthermore, verse 2 in Hebrews 12 uh, tells us that Christ did all this for the joy that was to be rewarded to him, the joy of becoming the savior of his people, and that now he rightly holds the place of authority at God's right hand and, and looks to intercede for God's people. So amazingly, Jesus desires that we partake in this joy. Uh, he does not seek to, to, to keep the joy to himself. Uh, listen to the words from John fifteen eleven, the words of Jesus. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Uh, don't those words just speak so beautifully uh, to the heart of, of God and, and what he intends for us? And there are a lot of passages in Scripture that, that speak of joy. Uh, if you go to the back in the concordance, you, know, you, can, you can pull up uh, a hefty number of passages. Uh, but one such passage, passage that speaks of joy is found in James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, which says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So at first hearing, you know, the, there seems to be quite a, a contrast here, right? We, we hear joy, um, we also hear trials, and we just think, you know, in our human minds, in our human way of thinking, you know, these two just seem to be at odds with each other. You know, how, could, how could they possibly uh, jive? And if we had it our way, we probably would choose the path of least resistance uh, to avoid obstacles and difficulties and trials, to attain the completion that, that God speaks of. And I think it's only natural that we want to avoid you know, difficulties and frustrations and uh, even pain and tragedy. There is something that's unnatural about those things. But frankly, this is not the way it is, and this is not the path that, that Jesus took, as he willingly submitted himself uh, to suffer and to give up his life. So that freedom from sin and a restored relationship with God could be ours. And make no mistake about it, God loves to give us good things. Uh, God loves to bless us with, with prosperity, and, and there are certain seasons in, in life when uh, you know, there is a certain ease you know, to, uh, to our lives, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and it is good and right to you know, thank God uh, you know, for those seasons. Um, but, but ultimately, you know, God is doing something really far better than, than just enjoying uh, you know, prosperity. He's making us more like Christ. He's conforming us to his image, as Romans 8.29 uh, expresses to us. Uh, I think about a certain uh, affliction in my own life and, and kind of looking back over the years and, and how at my lowest points you know, during it, I would really, literally, sometimes, you know, scream out to God for him to, you know, to, to rip it away from me, uh, for it to be over. But, you know, I would come to realize, um, not always easily, that, that God was, uh, you know, working through it. You know, I saw God's hands, uh, you know, in my life through it. 
and how you know, through our trials he reveals it to us both the depths of our sin but also our total dependence on him um, really driving us to that point so the the, the trials or the hardships in our life whether it be persecution uh, in various forms uh, or other difficulties, they accomplish something. Uh, they cause growth in our life that really does not take place you know, through other means. So Jesus is the founder and perfecter of our faith. Uh, in, in other versions, uh, we always read from the English Standard Version here, uh, the word author is sometimes used in place of, of founder, as we read earlier. And the, the Greek word for captain, as it translates into English, can be used interchangeably for, for author. Uh, hopefully you followed that. Um, so the, the word captain uh, brings to mind uh, the captain of a sports team or, or the captain of a, of a ship. So you know, we think about those two things, and, and in both cases... Uh, captain is a picture of, of strength, right? Uh, of an example to follow, and also one who endures adversity along with, or sometimes in place of, his, his sports teammates or his shipmates. Well, Jesus is the captain of faith. He is the captain of our faith. He has blazed the path and has endured suffering, uh, the worst form of death and crucifixion, and also separation uh, from God, his Father, so that we uh, do not have to, uh, by virtue of of placing our faith and and trust uh, in him. So part of the the fabric of this race of faith that uh, the author speaks of is made up of an endurance uh, that progresses to a certain end. Uh, there's, there's, There's purpose and there's design uh, and the endurance that God calls us to uh, in this spiritual race. So in that um, real running race that, that I mentioned earlier, uh, which proved to be difficult, you know, there were times that uh, you know, I just wanted to, uh, to, to stop, right? It's the, the pain and the aches were just too much, and I just, I just thought, you know, it'd be so easy just to, just to stop the race right now and you know, for it all to be over. Uh, but if I had done that, if I had cut it short, then uh, I wouldn't have, have finished, right? You know, I wouldn't have set out to do what one sets out to do uh, when, uh, when you run a race. Uh, so it was at those moments when, you know, the pain was the most intense and my, la- my lungs were laboring for oxygen that, uh, you know, I think about that finish line and think about, you know, crossing underneath that, that digital clock that they display, um, you know, overhead and, and once having done that, you know, the, the feelings of relief and, and of joy uh, that I would experience and that, you know, the, the race would be uh, behind me. So that really kind of, you know, kept me going. And when I think about that race compared to the other ones that I've done, uh, I didn't come close to running my best time. And obviously it, it wasn't uh, the most pleasant throughout, but I, I think it was the most rewarding of all the races uh, that I've done just because of, of what I had to endure. Well, friends, we cannot run the, the spiritual race on our own. Uh, we cannot run it effectively on our own, uh, in our strength, in our own efforts. We will fail. We will fall short of the goal. We must, as the author 
uh, implores us to continually look to Jesus, abiding in his grace and love and strength. Uh, Listen to these words from Tim Keller. Quote, But the gospel transforms us so our self-understanding is no longer based on our performance in life. We are so evil and sinful and flawed that Jesus had to die for us. We were so lost that nothing less than the death of the divine Son of God could save us. But we are so loved and valued that he was willing to die for us. The Lord of the universe loved us enough to do that. So the gospel humbles us into the dust and at the very same time exalts us to the heavens. We are sinners, but completely loved and accepted in Christ at the same time. Unquote. Does this give a, a summary of your own spiritual life? You know, we all place our faith uh, in something. Uh, even people who don't consider themselves you know, spiritual or, or religious, uh, you know, they even put the, their faith in, in something, whether it be themselves or other people or material possessions. You know, can you say that your, your faith is, is firmly anchored in Jesus Christ? Not merely acknowledging that he existed, uh, not merely acknowledging that uh, he was a great teacher that said some very uh, beneficial things, but confessing that he is the only savior of sin and submitting to Jesus as Lord, as scripture declares to us, and putting your trust wholly in him. Jesus calls us to come to him and to know life abundantly. Let's pray.